You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday morning. And since it's Women's Day, we're talking about women's health on this Wednesday morning. And so let's turn to the next part of today's program. In the next 15 minutes or so, we're talking about uterine fibroids with Dr. Ellen Lui, who's a specialist in obstetrics and gynecology and also an honorary clinical assistant professor at the University of Hong Kong. Welcome back on the program, Ellen. Thank you so much, Dr. Lui, for joining us this morning. Yes. Good morning, everyone. It's great to have you back. Um, so let's uh, perhaps talk about uh, uh, uterine fibroids. For some yeah. of our listeners who may not be so familiar, how would you describe it? What, what is it exactly? So it is actually the commonest um, gynae cancer, uh, gynae tumor that uh, happened in the woman genital tract. And um, it is actually a smooth muscle self tumor. And the good thing about it, it is benign. So, but then um, we are talking about um, the chance, the incidence of having a uterine fibroids is up to 20 to 30%. When people are getting older, actually the chance will further increase. If the woman is in her 40s, we are talking about around one in two to three women would have a chance of having a uterine fibroid. So it's a growth that happens in the womb and um how is it different from a cyst? Because sometimes we hear fibroids, cysts, how, how yeah. are they different? So um, fibroids, they are actually muscle tumors. So they are solid tumor. As compared to a cyst, it consists of water. And most of the time, the cysts happen in the ovaries rather than in the womb. And for fibroids, it happen in the muscle layer of the womb. So what causes uh, these uh, uterine fibroids? Um, the problem is we now don't have a very clear idea of what is actually causing it. Um, but we do see some people, they are more prone to it um, due to some different ethnicity. Um, so actually the African-American, they have got a higher chance of having a uterine fibroids. Chinese probably somewhere in the middle. If you're Caucasian, most of the time the chance is lowest as compared to other ethnicity. And we also know that age is um, also another risk factor for having fibroids. When people are getting older, the chance of having a fibroid will be increasing. And um, until after your menopause, then it won't um, in further increase the chance. And actually, sometimes the size of the fibroids may shrink afterwards. After the menopause. After menopause. That's very interesting. Wow. Um, and is it hereditary? I mean, if, if your mum ha- had it, are, are you more prone to it? Oh, yes. Um, we do see some like familial patterns. If you have got some family history with fibroids, your chance of having fibroids would be increased as well. Okay. So we don't know the exact causes of them, but we do know that perhaps ethnicity plays a role and also just uh, yeah. it could be hereditary hereditary and um, also hormonal sensitive and that is the reason why we can see age would be one of the factor because when you're getting older actually you are being sort of more um, stimulated by more hormones yes. and also the other thing is if you don't have any babies as well um, because um, you also have longer duration being sensitized by the hormones and your chance of having fibroids will be increased as well oh that's interesting and and w- what are some of the symptoms um, is it painful or is it different for everybody what are some of the symptoms that you've you've come across okay so actually pain is not one of the common symptoms of uterine fibroids but um, the symptoms of the fibroids it quite depends on the size 
and also the location of the fibroids. Because um, if it is inside the uterine cavity where you have babies, where your period comes, and then it will most of the time affect your period. You may have heavy period. Some people may have heavy bleeding to the extent they may need to have a blood transfusion as well. That's really serious. Wow. And and how much are we talking about? Like for a long period of time, for two weeks, or each time is very each heavy. Each time, close. so they are talking about each menstruations. Uh, I have got women; they need to change their pets every hour. Wow! They need to use both tampons and thick pads together, but um, it can still soak through. Wow, that's very heavy bleeding yes. indeed. Wow, okay. Yeah, that's very serious. Yeah, yeah and, and, and very disrupting and debilitating. You yeah, can't really... So you can't really a, go to work or sometimes yeah. you may need to just go to hospital quite frequently just for, for the, the, the bleeding. The transfusion, exactly. Yeah. Wow. And um, so that's one of the symptoms, heavy bleeding. Um, and you mentioned the size and the location. So yeah. w- what are some of the sizes that it can come in? So the size can range quite a lot. So we are talking about it can be less than one centimeters and up to even more than 10 centimeters. But um, most of the time, size is not really the factor alone that um, for us to consider when you need to go for treatment. Because for a very small fibroids, if it is inside the womb, and um, we'll call it inside the cavity of the womb, then it may affect the bleeding, it may affect your chance of having babies, then you may need to go for surgery even when it is really small. But then for a very huge one, uh, if it is, we'll call it the outside the womb, or um, in that case, most of the time the symptoms is more subtle. And some people may only have some compression effect um, at very, very late stage. We are talking about it may compress on your bladder. You may have need to go to toilets very frequently, but that only ever happen when the fibroids is really huge. We are talking about sometimes you maybe feel like a four to five months pregnant before you feel any symptom at all. Wow. And how big do these um, fibroids grow, grow into the size? Uh, so... Actually, it can be very, very horrendous. Talking about um, the biggest size I've seen is more than three kilo, the size of the fibroids. Whoa, three kilos. That's yeah. actually very heavy to I, carry uh, around. More a baby size like I would say Ex- exactly yeah it, it is sort of like the baby well, when it's a newborn yeah you newborn know? baby wow that's very big and but that's uh, sometimes it, it can be uh, affecting the bladder and, 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 the, and the control of that yeah. as well but you mentioned a good point uh, Dr. Loy that sometimes it isn't the size of it sometimes it can be very small but affecting fertility or affecting pregnancy that, that it can be a, a, an issue so um, before we talk about some of the treatments so it, it, it's not cancerous, these fibroids, or can it sometimes develop into cancer? Um, the chance is actually very small. We are talking only about 02 to 0.3%. So most of the time we will regard it as a benign tumour. Okay, that, that's, that's kind of good news. So what are some of the treatments? Is there any medication that you can take for, for, for these fibroids? Um, the problem with fibroids is we don't have any good drugs. We only have drugs actually maybe to control the bleeding, for example. Uh, maybe, the symptoms. Yeah, the symptoms than... control rather than for the fibroids to shrink the size um, and we don't have any good drugs um, in order just to treat the fibroids. So most of the time people need to go for some sort of more invasive procedure to treat it. 
we are talking about um, traditionally people will go for surgery to remove it, and then keyhole surgery in that yes. body part. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but it depends on the size of the fibroids. If it is really too huge, like the three kilo one, oh, yeah, yeah. there's no chance that we can go for a keyhole surgery to remove it. Right. And um, also, we do have an option we call a hysteroscopic myomectomy. That means we put in an endoscope inside the womb and to remove the fibroids. Yes, but it depends at the end, like um, the size of it and also the location of it. And the good thing about the endoscopic surgery is actually you have no scar on your tummy at all. And you do have a quick, very, very quick recovery afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, uh, the, the, do people have multiple fibroids growing that you've come across or is it in, in just one area? Uh, most of the time it is in terms of multiple fibroids. Yeah. Okay. And uh, do they reoccur even after removal? Yeah. So the chance of re- uh, reoccurrence is quite high. We are talking about around three in 10 women. They may need to go for another treatment for the fibroids in 10 years time. Okay. Wow. That's quite actually quite soon yes. in terms of... Um, and do they tend to grow in the same places or does it vary around the cavity yeah, or so outside? It varies around because actually the whole womb, um, they are conserved of, of like... Um, smooth muscles and then so everywhere in the womb can happen. Have you come across some uh, severe cases Dr. Loy that some women choose to remove their, uh, the, the womb or the uterus entirely to prevent it from reoccurring? Yes, yes especially for those women probably in their 40s um, they have completed their families and they don't want a chance that the fibroids to come back again and they would prefer to go for just surgery to remove the whole womb um, in order to just get rid of this. Yeah, to, to, for it not to reoccur. But then d- does that mean then they have to go on say hormone therapy or other hormone replacement in order because it kicks in menopause, does it not? Uh, so after you remove the womb, actually you don't have more menstruation afterwards. But it doesn't mean that you will be in your menopause because oh. um, uterus and ovaries, they are separate organs. Oh. So we can remove the uterus, but we can keep the ovaries so to keep the hormones. Okay. Oh, that. Okay. That 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 makes sense. So then, in, in that case, then removing the womb, you, you won't be kickstarted into a, a menopause because yes. the ovaries are still there. Yes, and that that is also what we recommend because um, we do know that women need actually the hormones for their bone, for their heart, and for their general the overall health. So usually we will recommend just remove the womb and keep the ovaries for the hormones until um, natural menopause that kick in. Yeah, we are live, by the way, on Facebook. You'll be able to see and hear uh, Dr. Ellen Noy on Facebook, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. So we talked we talked about sort of uh, the removal of, of the womb, but how about for some people who are uh, needing it to, to get pregnant? Uh, how might uh, uterine fibroids affect pregnancy or fertility? Okay, so we do see that actually if women have a fibroids, and especially for those inside the cavity, then it's sort of as a more space-occupying lesions. So it occupies part of the cavity that is where the baby should be staying, and it will affect the implantation of the embryos. It affect the baby growth as well. And um, if you sometimes you do have a big fibroids, we do see you have a higher chance of preterm labors. The babies may not be in a head down position. Position, so you can't go for a natural birth as well. So these are the complications of um, fibroids affecting your fertility.
And in terms of, um, sorry, pardon me, I'm about to cough. <laughs> pardon me, Dr. Lowe. Um, in terms of uh, finding out these fibroids once you're pregnant, are you able to remove it uh, once you're pregnant? Uh, so, unfortunately, no. Um, if you're pregnant, um, we can't do anything at all because um, all the surgeries, even all, all the non-invasive procedures for the fibroids, they are not suitable for pregnant women. So we can just only observe it. And um, that is the reason why we do advise women to have regular checkup. If they do have fibroids identified um, before they are pregnant or while they are trying to get pregnant, they may need to consider going for treatment um, for it before they try for a baby. Yeah, that makes sense. And also, once you um, so once you uh, ha- have your baby, then you can remove the the the, the fibroids. Yes. Okay. Yes. Or um, we sometimes remove the fibroids before you have your baby. Yes, that yeah. that would be the, be- the, yeah. the much better way around. Yeah. Have you seen instances where people get pregnant or, or um, in the in the cusp of getting pregnant and then not able to carry the baby because of these fibroids? Yes. Okay, so that does happen. It's quite common. It's a common cause of infertility. Uh, it's not one very of the cause. one of the cause of infertility. Yeah, yeah, okay. or one of the cause of miscarriage. Oh, yeah. and it can cause miscarriages. Also. Yes, it can cause miscarriages as well. Okay, um, and in terms of uh, tr- treatment after that, so surgery is the only really effective uh, uh, treatment. Can you talk us through the procedure of, of it? Yeah. So. Um, Talking about the surgeries itself, um, what we want to do is actually to remove the fibroids or to restore the cavity, to make the cavity normal again. So um, the easiest way is actually for to go for the endoscopic one. Endoscopic one, we put in a camera in, just like people going for a colonoscopy or OGG. And um, we put a camera in and then with the camera, we have got a small knife attached to it and we can cut the fibroid out. And as compared to other traditional one, we can go for a keyhole surgeries or a even an open surgery to remove the fibroids. Excellent. Yeah. But nowadays, uh, we do have other options, which is less invasive as compared to surgeries. Um, so have you heard, heard of people doing for high full? Oh, I have heard of high food, yes, uh, but, uh, but that is for the face. Yes. yes, but um, now this technology can also be used um, on fibroids. So, so that's the high frequency, high intensity focused ultrasound. Okay. Okay. Yes. So, um, so what they are going, we are going to do is um, they have got a big machine they put over your tummies, and with the high intensity focused ultrasound, they want to focus the ultrasound energy onto the fibroids. And it will cause um, some increase of the temperature, so sort of more burning effect on the fibroids, and hopefully it will strengthen the fibroid afterwards. Wow, that's yes. really cool, this technology. Because we normally hear HIFU with, uh, you know, facial, facials. Yes. or, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for the body shaping thing. Exactly, yes. for, for body shape. But uh, it's yeah. instances where it can be uh, effective on, on, uh, on, depending on the size of the, yes. the uterine fibroids. Yeah, so these are the um, other more newer options or, or non-invasive, invas- yes, less invasive options for treating of fibroids. Wow. Yeah. Dr. Le, as usual, I really enjoyed talking with you 
this morning. And thank you so much for taking the time uh, sharing this on Women's Day, especially. So I really think uh, all the women listeners and, and also male, you know, if you've got some uh, loved one, your <laughs> sister, your wife, your girlfriend, your mom, it's a good chance for them to get body checkups. And how would they, uh, is, it, is it through a scan or how would you know uh, that, that you've got uh, fibroids? fibroids yeah. So um, just a very, very common gynae scan then we can find a um, fibroids. It's just a usual ultrasound scan. The good thing about it is it didn't have any radiation at all. And then it's simple and quick procedure. Yes, so yeah. we should all take this opportunity to go for some body checks and check for, for any uh, fibroids or any cysts uh, g- going on. Uh, meanwhile, thank you so much to Dr. Ellen Loy for joining us this morning. Uh, Dr. Ellen Loy is a specialist in obstetrics and gynecology. Thank you so much for your time today.